We're going to be getting into our review of Jurassic Park. Uh, Jurassic Park came out all the way in 1993. This is the very first Jurassic Park movie. Um, uh, this is what started it all. Um, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, um, who, by, which Nick was mentioning, Laura Dern was 24 when she was in this movie. Um, and I was like, wow. Yeah, she was 23 when she was in that first wow. movie. Which, God damn. Yeah, um, which, I wow. mean, yeah, she has been fine her whole life. I mean, yeah, uh, Laura Dern is mm -hmm. incredibly attractive. Um, so in here, you have, you know, the setup that would be known for all the other Jurassic Park movies uh, where you have people who come to an island um, and then something goes horribly wrong and then the dinosaurs get let loose and then they start running around and killing people. Um, that's a formula that will be known for, for, you know, they repeat over and over and over again pretty much. Uh, but with this one, you know, which was directed by Steven Spielberg, also the director of classic movies like Jaws, for instance, uh, you know, with, I think the, what you'll see the difference with this first movie, having seen the Jurassic World movies, um, and have you guys ever seen the sequels like Lost World or Jurassic Park Three or any of those ones? I, I yeah. think I've seen the I think I've seen uh, Jurassic Park Three, but I don't really remember uh, Two. Mm. And Koki, what about you? I've seen all of it, and the more the sequels keep going, the more I want to forget about the latest installments. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any sequel of Jurassic Park that you like that it that better than any of the other ones? Or, um, of all the four, well, I guess five <laughs> now. Uh, I like Jurassic World the best. That that one felt the freshest for me because it had actually John Hammond's vision come to life, what he actually wanted to make, you actually get to see. That aspect I thought was really fun. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I I kind of like Jurassic World myself. I've only ever seen like the newer kind of Jurassic uh, Park movies. I've never seen The Lost World, and I've never seen Jurassic Park 3. Uh, but I, I have seen, you know, Jurassic World, Jurassic, uh, I mean, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and then this latest one, Dominion. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I thought the first Jurassic World was kind of dumb fun. I think that personified that in a way, but then, you know, once you let something slide and you go like, oh, well, I don't know, it was kind of dumb fun. Then that's when you get, that's when you get Dominion. So it's a slippery slope. So you gotta, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? You kind of gotta be, maybe be careful giving shit a pass sometimes. Um, so <laughs> with this one here, uh, with the very first one. Jurassic Park, which you see a lot of people who I forgot was in this movie. Samuel Jackson was in this movie um, as one of the IT guys working in Jurassic Park for John Hammond's character, right? Uh, which I, I forgot. Um, it's funny because I was also rewatching Goodfellas again uh, for Ray Liotta, and I was like, "Oh, that's right, Samuel Jackson was in this." Like Samuel Jackson, he was the go-to black guy in the '90s. Like any any kind of <laughs> role for a black guy is like he was he was like the go-to. He was he was that guy, you know. Just stick him in there, and he'll be he'll be fine. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that was that was kind of nice. Um, you also kind of see another character. This was B.D. Wong. This was his first appearance in the series, where he would come back up again um, as like one of the scientists. Um, and like I said, with Steven Spielberg directing this, he was a master director um, who's considered one of the best directors basically of all time. 
Um, and it's just almost similar to what he did with Jaws or what he did with E.T. Mm. Very much hiding, you know, the dinosaurs, you know what I mean, until the big reveal comes, especially with the T-Rex. That's where the big, you know, moneymaker is with that, when that animal finally appears and then the tension. And he really knows how to build that throughout. And before they, even that moment comes when you see that, with T-Rex comes, you see the characters and you really get to know them. Um, you know, and Sam Neill, who's playing Alan Grant, and then Laura Dern, who's playing Ellie Sadler, and then also Jeff Goldblum playing Ian Malcolm. Um, you really get, you know, their dialogue between each other. You get to sense the characters. You've got the, you know, the kid characters as well and get a sense of them. So it's very, very good at establishing these characters and make you kind of care about these characters before we get into, you know, dinosaurs, chomp, chomp mm -hmm. humans. You know, you got the asshole lawyer who you know is going to get his ass eaten and probably, I think, you know... <laughs> is on the list of like one of the most embarrassing deaths in a movie because he was on the shitter <laughs> and he got eaten by a dinosaur right. which is like the worst way to die i think um, yeah yeah it's something that it's something that uh in this original that's missing from from the jurassic world movies people die that have it coming mm. in, at least in some way Instead of, you know, what Trevor likes to do where just completely innocent people, he just brutalizes them for like 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Koki, what do you think is kind of the major difference between what you see here in this Jurassic Park movie and then maybe some of the other sequels? Well, looking back at it, it really seems like Jurassic Park is like a real movie. Like everything happens mm -hmm. organically. Even when the action is happening, it doesn't feel like showy action. It mm -hmm. feels more like people in terror and you get to follow that compared to these new ones where it seems like everything is built around a set piece. That's what I feel like is the major difference compared to the first one and the new ones. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, I think with this, like, mm -hmm. like you said, some of the new ones, it's all about when's going to be the next big, you know, dinosaur fight. You know what I mean? When is the next time you're going to see the dinosaur team up with another dinosaur? Like it's WWF and, you know what I mean? They're coming and another <laughs> two dinosaurs and they're team right. and, you know, the, the one dinosaur DDT, the other dinosaur. So it's like that's what you're just kind of looking for next. Um, and this one mm -hmm. had real characters in this one. I think that's kind of the difference here. Like we talked right. about it in our Dominion review where Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, I don't really care about them. Um, and the whole nope. thing of Chris Pratt coming in, like him putting up his hand, like he's like you know he's a character in the Runaways where he can telepathically communicate <laughs> with dinosaurs and everything like that. Like that just was so over exaggerated, and you know it, it just didn't feel like they were actual real characters that you really could attach yourselves to. Um, with this one, you mm -hmm. do you know what I mean of having these character like Laura Dern who. You know, and, and Sam Neill, who genuinely love dinosaurs. You know, they, they're, you know, archaeologists mm. and love, you know, uh, and paleontologists and love, you know, researching about dinosaurs, talking about dinosaurs. Uh, you know, she's even got her hand in dinosaur shit and couldn't be happier. You know, she's digging through it and trying to <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing about that 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 I think is uh, lost on these on these latter movies is that initial scene where where the big three, uh, uh, Sattler, Malcolm, and uh, Grant, when they get to Jurassic Park mm -hmm. and they see the dinosaurs for the first time, and there is that genuine sense of awe and wonder and that feeling of everything I've worked for actually seeing it come to life. Mm. Yeah, and that's a yeah. moment that I don't think you can recreate again because 
now it's it's like it was like when the audience first saw it because it was like this was a huge mm-hmm. mo- you know moment in special effects. Right. Um, you know, all the way in 1993. Nobody had ever probably seen something like this before. Um, so it was revolutionary with that. Uh, Koki, what's your opinion on that? Yeah. Uh, this really felt like, the first one really felt like the one where the characters actually were characters. They felt very three-dimensional. Um, they weren't types. They actually, you know, you could see the emotion, the ahs, and then compared to the rest of the movie where when it eventually goes to shit then you actually feel the terror like Spielberg is so good at creating like this childlike wonder and then just spinning it on your head and actually making it very nightmarish mm-hmm. it's really good with that I thought yeah um, yeah I mean Spielberg is is amazing at that um, and amazing at kind of building that anticipation. And when you hear, you know, that first moment when the T-Rex comes, like I talked about, of hearing the first, the footsteps, and you hear the shaking. And uh-huh. then when it's kind of revealed, and then the reaction from, you know what I mean, the people when they're just like, they're scared shitless. The kids, uh, the adults, um, you know what I mean? And you also see kind of, it just feels like they're more in real danger than in these other movies. Right. Uh, because in the latest uh-huh. one, it just felt like, well, you know nobody's really going to get you know killed here so it's like lack of kind of any tension here you really feel the tension and you know there's so many mm-hmm. iconic scenes in this you know when they first come to the park and also when the T-Rex comes and the raptor scene in the kitchen that's such an amazing scene with the child the way the the raptor is kind of you know kind of skulking around and the girl's trying to hide that is an amazing scene yeah that was really done very very well there's not a scene like that i can ever think of that even comes mm-hmm. close to that in any of the newer Jurassic World movies, you know? Like, they're just mostly focused on the blockbuster element uh-huh. of the dinosaurs, you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's where it loses kind of focus there. Like, it kind of mm-hmm. had yeah, the, those... The biggest, yeah, the biggest thing is this original Jurassic Park, it, Spielberg was trying to make a film. He was trying to make an experience. He was trying to, like, uh, tell a story and... Ex- and um, show his passion for filmmaking. Everything else, make that money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really is kind of mm-hmm. ironic how this movie, like, comments on, you know, you want to package it and you just want to sell it. And then eventually in the sequels, that's exactly what they do or what Universal is trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's really ironic when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, because you have the lawyer... Um, who John Hammond in the movie calls him. What does he say about him? He's the uh, uh, morally bankrupt lawyer or like a uh, lawyer. I forgot exactly what insult he says about him. Uh, yeah, and, and it's even telling that while everybody in that uh, group is just in awe of the dinosaurs, the first thing he says, we're going to make so much fucking money out of this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, I mean, I think, and then the movie, I think, taps into a thing where I think, as, you know, when you're growing up, Every kid probably had like a dinosaur phase where you were like really, really into dinosaurs when you first learned about dinosaurs uh-huh. in school. You know what I mean? You had your favorite dinosaur and then you saw, you know, pictures of them. I don't know. I don't know about any of you guys, but I had like a little bit of a dinosaur phase kind of when I was like maybe 11, 12. Mm-hmm. You know, what about you guys? Eh, I remember watching the first Jurassic Park when I was a kid and really liking it, but. It, it was never one of those that really stuck with me at, at, through my adulthood. Hmm. Koki, what about you? I definitely did go through my dinosaur phase. And 
why before watching this movie i was i went to like museums definitely was into dinosaurs and then my perspective of them really changed with this movie it's like you know i treated it more like a petting zoo and then watching this they can actually eat you and harm you and then it became as a kid it was really scary just it was it really was like a horror movie just a horror movie especially when you're watching kids go through this mm, yeah um and you know like this movie was so successful like the same thing with top gun maverick or i should say the first top gun movie did with like army mm-hmm. recruits with that like incredibly raised like they went through the roof jurassic park did the same thing for like paleontologists where tons of people went into the study of paleontology just because of this movie like people just wanted to be like you know alan grant and and ellie sadler you know what i mean just digging up bones and all that type of stuff like that i guess when people when they first maybe when they got there and they started doing it i wonder if somebody went what the fuck is this wait this ain't what i really want uh you know what i mean i don't see any you know, I'm not getting any dinosaur bones. I'm just digging up chicken bones. I wonder if there's somebody just said, fuck this. I'll go back to what I was doing already. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you, you kind of do. And the kids in this, who I do think do a wonderful job um, in this as well. I mean, Steven Spielberg obviously knows really what to do with. I think he's great with child, you know, child actors, uh, which is sometimes yeah, he really is. Uh, a skill, I think. So you see some directors maybe don't know how to do that so well. And they're not just annoying <laughs> kids, you know what I mean? Because in Jurassic World, um, where you saw that, you know, it's like, I guess, well, you know, the one kid, he was supposed to be a little bit older. He's supposed to be like more of a teenager. Oh, my God. That that uh, kid, man. That kid with his headphones I, I on. Wait. I couldn't wait for that fucker to get killed the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like, you know they're not going to kill them because they're kids. It's yeah, like yeah. they're... They gotta live. It's like an obligation. It's like they're a kid. You can't kill them. Yeah, uh, you know they they have that protection of being a kid. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean here I don't think they're they're they avoid the annoying kid trope, and their performance is really good. You know of being scared. Um, with looking back at this movie, um, do you think some of the special effects still hold up? Oh, absolutely. The um, absolutely the uh, the effects here they're <clears throat> amazing for their time and even now. Uh, it was I believe it was uh, uh, actual animatronics for most of the dinosaurs that were up mm-hmm. close, especially the T Rex, and uh, and then they were also did a uh, lots of CGI for courtesy of uh, Pixar. Koki, what about you? Yeah, it really does hold up, especially when you see when you first see like that like that big dinosaur walking eating the trees. Mm. What what I can say is it actually meshes with the rest of the movie. It looks organic. Mm-hmm. Like CG nowadays just looks way too polished, so it looks it doesn't look like it fits with the rest of the scene. That's what I always felt like. Mm. And so, do you think, like, with the with the Jurassic World movies and the newer ones, do you think it can? Do you think it captures that sense of like, you know, with the dinosaurs, even some semblance of wow, that is really good looking, or that is you know really well done what they do with kind of the way the dinosaurs look and act. I think in some scenes they look. I think individually looking at CG, it really. It looks really good, 
But <laughs> when you have them and all these bombastic, especially with a Fallen Kingdom, when you have all these like giant special effects types action, we're used to seeing that so much. So I guess like our eyeballs are really just trained to just distinguish that, and you're like, oh, this I'm looking at CG right now. Mm, yeah. It's harder to impress people, um, you know, with the kind of special effects, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of getting harder because, like I said, people's eyes are so trained, you know, to, to see that CGI. Um, and it's also some cases, some people might say that CGI is kind of maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a case of where a lot of special effects studios have gotten just overworked and, you know, all these different studios yeah. come to them. And then that's what's kind of, you see, maybe some of the downgrading quality when it comes to CGI. Uh, because you have sometimes these big movies who you would think, like, you know, you got the money to really have really good-looking CGI, but then sometimes it, 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 it fails um, when you see kind of some really bad-looking scenes. Uh, thank you, Javon Good, for the 30 bits. Um, and Javon Good said, the CG is good, but nothing beats the practical effects. Yeah, I'm always a big guy. Uh, if you can do practical effects, <laughs> do them when you can. Like, The Thing, even though The Thing is a, you know, a 40-year-old movie, that still holds up, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, incredibly well, um, even today. Um, yeah, it's like when you have the option to go practical, go practical. Like uh, some of the effects on the boys, the best ones have been uh, more practical. Uh, even something like uh, the remake of Evil Dead, like the big praise of that movie is all of the practical lore effects in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was interesting reading about the boys of how they did that that scene in the first episode. Uh, where the dude is is uh, uh, crawling inside the the other guy's uh, you know urethra there, uh, <laughs> and he's crawling inside there, and then he says, well, and then Eric Crippy was talking about how they actually built like this ten foot long penis, and um, and and in order to, right. to, to show it. Uh, that it could, wait, that scene was practical. Yeah, I think I think yeah, yeah they did some of it. Yeah, when he went inside of it, it was yeah that was practical, um, and they were actually showing oh some. Some of it, and then he said the only note he got from the studio was that it just couldn't be erect. So it could, it could, it just that's the only thing. That's the only thing it couldn't be. It just couldn't. Be. <laughs> that's where you draw the line, apparently. Yeah, they said it just couldn't be. It couldn't look erect. That's the only. That's the only. Hey, it's Game of. Hey, Game of Thrones rules. Yeah. Um. So he had to make. They had to add like wrinkles to it. You know what I mean to make it look kind of soft oh, and th- things like that. But uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the only condition. Wow. This is shit that I didn't even need. Yet. This is some shit I didn't know I needed to know. <laughs> yeah, of all the things that I use effects for, that's where you go. Yeah. Um, giant ass. I guess that's where you use it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, I mean, it was a disturbing scene. And I mean, just because it's the boys, you already know where it's going to go. As soon as he did, I was like, I already know where this mm-hmm. is going to go. Because it's, oh, no. it's the fucking boys. <laughs> um... It, there's Koki. Is there anything you dislike about Jurassic Park? Um. Uh, looking back at it, um, really, I don't have any flaws with them. I, I guess you know, you know, as time ages by, you know, there's the whole kill the black guy first trope. I guess you know, mm-hmm. when you look back at it, that didn't age well. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was watching, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's arm come off. He, when he died off screen, I didn't know that until like much later on watching it. So, I guess maybe you could have shown that just a little bit. I guess. Mm. Uh, also, thank you, Javon. Good. Thank you for playing the Jeff Goldblum laugh. Uh, much appreciated. It fits perfectly. 
with the review we're doing for the five oh, yeah. bits. Uh, that uh, that laugh is good. Re- good, yeah, good remix too. That somebody did of that. By the way, it's on there. Somebody can find somebody <laughs> did a hip hop remix of yeah. Um, somebody did like a five hour remix of that. Have you seen that? <laughs> a five hour? I didn't see the five hour one. Wow. Uh, Wait, yeah, five, five hour hours. remix. Oh yeah. Wow. Somebody Just him laughing crazy. Uh, somebody's got too much fucking time on their hands. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Nick, what about you? Do you have any like most favorite part of this movie and any least favorite part? Um, I, I mean, this is an absolute classic film, but my absolute highlight of it is that initial scene where you get uh, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, all of them seeing the dinosaurs from the first time and how... Uh, John Williams' score just builds and builds up until that epic wide shot of uh, all the dinosaurs. And that little moment with uh, Sam Neill, he's like, they move in herds. It's like him confirming what he'd only guessed and only had hypothesized about how these dinosaurs live. Mm. Mm. And do you have any, so nothing wrong for you with this movie? Any, any flaws you see? Uh, I think uh, I think it does uh, take a, it does uh, have a little bit of a slow start. Uh, the initial the first act for me, it doesn't really pick up until they get to Isla Nublar. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's you know great. I mean, you know, I understand why these characters are as classic as they are. You know, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum, and Jeff Goldblum. Um, I don't know if this was the start of when people started to see him as like sexy Jeff Goldblum, or maybe that was the fly when nah. he really was started. Because I know with the fly, he really, <laughs> really he, the fly. I mean, with the fly is when he really you know bulked up and you know put on some muscle and everything like that. Um, yeah, muscle. Yeah, put on some muscle, put on some wings, put on some bug eyes. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I guess I mean some women find can find that attractive, can find that hot. You know, as a <laughs> type for everybody. By today's standards. Yeah, you know, a lot of, I think there's a lot of female David Cronenberg fans, you know, that kind of would be into that. <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you have him where this was kind of sexy Jeff Goldblum. He's got a shirt, uh, you know, un- two buttons kind of open. Um, he's unabashedly hitting on Laura Dern throughout the movie. Um, who, by the way, I didn't know there was such a big age gap between Laura Dern and Sam Neill. Like, Sam Neill is 74 right now, and then Laura Dern's only 55, so... I didn't know there was like such a big oh. age gap there, um, but yeah, um, you know, it's funny kind of seeing him and this character. I mean, for Jeff Goldman was a smash hit. Uh, you know what I mean? He was one of the standout favorites um, of the movie just because it's you know Jeff Goldblum. He's got that you know nice weird energy. You know what I mean? Charisma, charm, uh, known as being a kind of right now I guess a fashion icon. Um, and we remarked it when we were discussing the newest movie of how all three of these people have all kept themselves. You know, looking really good, and they've all continuously to work. Uh, you know, seeing Sam Neill like hunt for the wilder people. Laura Dern was in Marriage Story, and then Jeff Goldblum. Uh, what was the last movie I saw him in? Um, hmm, I'm trying to think of the last thing I ever saw him in. Uh, can't think of it right now, but I know he always continuously kind of works and kind of shows up and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh well, Thor Ragnarok. He was in, he was in that kind of recently. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, any? Uh, I mean, I think. If I had to say any kind of least favorite part, I see your point about it kind of starting a little slow, but I love that, like the slow burn, because again, this is kind of the first time you got to tease people a little bit of seeing mm-hmm. the dinosaurs. Yeah. You have you have to spend time with these characters in order to care yeah. about them when you put them in danger. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Something that I think. Jeff is, Goldblum. Yeah. Oh, no. Go ahead, Cook. Uh, I was going to say, like, Ian Malcolm, like, his, like, funny delivery and his, like, weird charisma is what really kept the first half from being boring because you get to mm-hmm. see him on a plane, you know, flirting with uh, Laura Dern, and then you see the whole, like, dinner scene where he's talking about, you know, you guys are really just, you don't know what you're doing. And all that, I think all of that, like, one of, like, some of his best scenes, you only see that in, like, the first half. And I remember, like, vividly after, you know, he gets uh, he gets stumbled by the you know, after the dinosaur incident. You don't really get much of him later on. That's what I hmm. kind of remember, except for that one scene with his like shirt off and he's breathing and he's <laughs> looking very sexy. Aside from that, I don't remember him participating much in the second act, just in terms of like dialogue. Yeah, well, yeah, because Jeff Goldblum. I mean, he does get injured um, in the movie in Malcolm's right. character, and so that kind of puts him out of commission for a bit. Um, so he has to be kind of you know helped along in the movie. Um, yeah, he gets injured, which you know also was kind of one thing um, I wanted to kind of uh, you know remark about. Like the newer one was that you know, nobody even really gets injured in this movie that you see gravely. You know what no. I mean? Like you know, like I, there was that one scene with Sam Neill and Laura Dern in it where they get like attacked by locusts, but I was like, ah, that's kind of nothing too much. They, that doesn't really put them out of commission, or it's not, it doesn't seem like grave danger. It's just kind of like, okay, it's like, you know, they're swatting them away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was also kind of one thing I was also shocked by, that you don't see any, like, you know, even some scratches or, you know, them getting bit or anything like that in it. Um, nothing. Yeah, so I, that was also kind of something I thought was hugely disappointing in that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Koki, if you had to, you know, do your own Jurassic Park sequel, you know, what would kind of, what do you, what would you kind of do? Mm, that's a tough question, I guess. The first answer is don't make a sequel, but you know, <laughs> Universe is not going to take a no for that answer. So, I don't know, like having Jeff Goldblum as the lead in The Lost World to me was kind of weird. I don't know it. It felt like he lost a lot of the charisma that he had in the first movie. That's what I felt. If you're going to make a sequel, the first thing I would do is I would I would make sure we get the big three back. Because it was kind of weird seeing them all separate in the sequels, especially until now. Mm. I would want to make it like an official sequel where we have the three big guys back on the island. That's where we start. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, so so would you consider yourself like a big Jurassic Park fan, Koki? Um, I remember I went through a phase where I saw this movie like maybe ten times on repeat hmm. when Jurassic World came out. But yeah, like the first one, I'm a fan. Like the rest of them are like, you know, just fun. Mm. B, they're more like big budget B movies. That's what I consider them. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah yeah i think that's a perfect kind of description for that yeah it's it's maybe one you know interested in going back and looking at the sequels like lost world um i saw this i saw this direct probably i saw it on hbo max pulled up the old hbo max mm-hmm. app um it didn't freeze on me so that was good um so uh <laughs> watch that um yeah uh and it, it's it's it was great going back and watching this after you know after i have not seen it, uh, seeing it in a while uh in years um and being reminded oh this is why this is a classic you know what i mean i mean things that are done with it are 
phenomenal. Um, when it comes to the tension, when it comes to the kind of the horror elements, when it comes to the action of it, when it comes right. to the characters, I mean, it's, it feels more like an actual real film than any of the, you know, Jurassic yeah. World movies, you know, where mm -hmm. those were kind of just there for spectacle and just carried by special effects. Um, and, you know, trying to have a lead that, you know, you know, Chris Pratt is, you know, I think like Nick was talking about, I think works more as a goofy kind of guy who, you know, overestimates himself. Mm -hmm. um, he works better as a buffoon that everybody else has to, as a buffoon with an inflated ego that everybody else around him has to rescue. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that. Was, I remember when, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Go yeah. Go ahead, Kogi. Oh, yeah. Uh, in regards to Chris Pratt, I remember, I remember not minding him much as a straight man when the mm -hmm. first Jurassic World came out because if you don't like have that character distinguish, uh, distinguish his character, you're just going to see Star-Lord again and everything. So I, I didn't have a huge problem with him being serious, but as the sequels mm -hmm. went on, I didn't feel much for him as a character. It just mm -hmm. really seems like you know, a generic action man. Yeah. Um, and I was watching one review, and then they were saying like, how in this new one in Dominion, how like he's they're globe trotting and they're going all over, the, and he's like more of an action guy. And then it was like, wait, this dude was just a fucking zookeeper. Like, why is he like all of a sudden he's got all these <laughs> other good skills? But I think they what well, they did also say, you know how they explain away how so many people have so many action skills is, oh, you were in the military, right. or, you know, you were, you know, he's no, dead. they no, they don't say if they and don't they, say they if, said that they don't say if he was a seal. They don't say if he was like any like uh, combatant. They just say the navy and take it from somebody in the navy. You can't do a lot of the shit that he does. <laughs> well, I guess you can't ride motorcycles. You know, running away from dinosaurs. You can't do that. No, that's not what you do in the navy. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that is not what we fucking do. <laughs> oh, okay, you don't right. take you don't take talking to raptors class or nothing like that. Or just... oh. oh, no, disappointing. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. So, what is your rating there, Nick? Uh, me, this original film, this is a tune-in. This is a must-see for every anybody who has like any kind of appreciation of of film and filmmaking and understand what this film did in just speaking technologically how it paved the way for uh modern special effects mm. yeah. uh koki uh our review system so we do this is cinema that's the highest rating um you can give something okay and then we do tune in tune out um then we do a stream in and then, and then, then we do waste a fucking film which is like, and then that's our lowest rating <laughs> wow um yeah, this this is definitely cinema, just in all aspects. I mean, it's easy to say that because it's like what almost thirty years old, and you know, people always reference this movie whenever special effects come out. But just on a technological level, just on a character writing level, story, uh, how to build tension, just in all at in so much different aspects this movie really excels um and just like how to make a movie it's it definitely is a timeless classic for a reason and whenever i say it's a classic i can give so many reasons to back it up so yeah it definitely is cinema 
Uh, yeah, I would have to agree as well. I think that this is cinema. Um, you know, Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. you know, E.T., Raiders of Lost Ark, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, Jaws. I mean, guy has mm-hmm. an endless track record of amazing movies under his belt, and this is one of them. Um, I, I mean, I know he, I guess his name is on it, you know, Lost World, but he phoned that in. That doesn't really count. I don't think that doesn't, that doesn't really count. Mm-hmm. Kinda, uh, yeah, literally phoned that in. Yeah, as I have heard. <laughs> yeah, so he was busy doing Schindler's List at the time, so that doesn't. I don't. I don't, really, I don't really count that one. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, let me see what the chat is saying real quick, and we'll get into our best of the year so far. Uh, but that was pretty good. That was a pretty good review. Um, yeah, so Elijah Bell, he's in here. He says, "I feel like the classic Jurassic Park is too overhyped. Nostalgia and the soundtrack carries that movie." Oh, shut up, Elijah Bell. Uh no um <laughs> uh no I, I guess I could kind of say, I mean you know it's it's maybe you can have that idea I mean the score which is maybe something we didn't mention in um the review that is also John Williams score is classic that's legendary as well uh-huh. um legendary mm-hmm. score one of many that John Williams did in his career um yeah uh what do you guys think about the score it's perfect it's one of the greatest film scores of all time. Mm. And if you, even if you've never seen the film, if you just put up a pair of headphones to somebody's head and just ask them to name what that track is, and you start hearing that like Jurassic Park theme, it's like, oh, that's Jurassic Park. Mm. Yeah, Koki, what about you? Definitely is one of John Williams' best. I mean, it really is. It's an iconic score, and it actually matches. Um, how, how the movie's progressing it, did, it it doesn't seem like the sequels where he had to have the theme, uh the theme song because you know this is the Jurassic Park movie it actually feels appropriate for the scene that it's in hmm. yeah uh, yeah classic legendary score um with it um also John Williams basically I mean he looks like John Hammond too I mean you know, he basically kind of looks like him. So <laughs> he, that's, that's, he does yeah you know it's also kind of fits too 